Good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me again today in the study of God's Word together in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're in the midst of a nine-day series preparing our hearts to celebrate Easter, to rejoice in the wonder of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that most important of all points in the Christian year. Yesterday we were looking in Luke chapter 23 at verses 44 through 49, and I want to read those verses again for a few more comments about the death of Christ. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. When the sunlight failed, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And then Jesus, calling out in a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all of the crowd that had assembled for the spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned to their homes, beating their breasts. And all of his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. We've been looking in these days together in preparation for Easter Sunday. We've been looking at Christ's death, the events during that final week, starting with the entry into Jerusalem on what's called Palm Sunday, up through Golgotha. He's now crucified, dying on the cross. Yesterday, we were picking up on the reality of the separation that sin caused when Jesus took upon himself our sins, when he went to that cross, that sin brings about a separation from God, which will be an eternal separation from God for those that have no solution to their sin. But for those that have turned to Jesus Christ as Savior, that separation has been removed because Jesus separated from the Father due to that sin. In that terrible period, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now what I want to pick up on is that part of the cross and the death of Christ that underscores for us the wonder that full atonement for sin was achieved at that cross. In John 19, verse 30, we, Jesus, we read that Jesus cries out in a loud voice to God, It is finished. It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He, we see, as he gave up his spirit in our verses today, that he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Separation over. <laughs> Separation over. Now, when Jesus said it's been finished, it is finished, what exactly was finished? He wasn't talking about dying on the cross, submitting to the execution form of the Roman government. He was talking about something vastly more important. And what he was talking about was payment for sin, full atonement for wrong, full solution to the sins of mankind, has been accomplished. It is finished. It is finished. Brothers and sisters, that Christ's death on the cross was not merely a regrettable piece of history, not merely something to show us how to be self-sacrificing for other people. It was the indispensable answer to our sin 
that separates us now and forever from God unless God does something and he sent his son to die for us. And Jesus, in his death, finished what was necessary to save me and to save you. With full atonement now completed, full atonement made, only one step remained. Jesus gave up his life, gave up his spirit. Now notice, this was a choice he made. No one took his life. He gave up his spirit. In John 10, 17 and 18, it puts it this way. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from the Lord. <laughs> yes, the Romans... Uh, nailed him to the cross. The Jewish leaders were complicit in the condemnation of Christ, but Jesus could have prevented it at any point. And at the point in time when he died on the cross, he made the decision at that point in time to die because atonement had been made. Even the other others were puzzled that he was dead at this point, because normally the suffering at the cross is a prolonged suffering taking some time for people to die. Now, how do we know that when Jesus said, it is finished, it was actually finished? <laughs> that it was correct, he was correct, that full atonement was now made? Well, actually, there's a lot of ways that we know that, but there's two fundamental proofs of it that we see in these verses and in the verses that will come. And I want to look at these proofs with you. Proof number one we read about in verse 45, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. We see the same thing in Matthew 27, verse 51, where it says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Let's talk about that temple curtain. Of course, the temple curtain separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. No one could enter the Holy of Holies, which represented the very presence of God. One day a year, uh, the high priest, on behalf of the people, taking the sacrifice of atonement could go into the Holy of Holies on behalf of the people. But basically, the curtain was there to reinforce for us that our sin separates us from God. He is not accessible to us apart from sacrifice. And all of the sacrificial system of the Old Testament was pointing to an ultimate sacrifice. All the other sacrifices were temporary, but it would point to an ultimate sacrifice in which access to the Father would be gained for us. In the death of Christ on the cross, as he satisfied the requirements of divine justice, paid for sin, full atonement was made. God, demonstrating that in a miraculous way, tore the veil of the temple, the curtain separating the Holy of Holies. He tore it from the top to the bottom. Notice that's the terminology used in Matthew 27. <laughs> in other words, God did what had to be done to open the separation. It wasn't from the bottom to the top, man figuring out some way to get access to God. God did what had to be done. And having done it, when Christ, having fulfilled what was needed to pay for sin, then 
that temple curtain was split and access to God was finally achieved. Repentance and faith in the one who died on the cross on our behalf lets us now enter into God's presence all the time. The means of forgiveness has been achieved. I love the way it's put in Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 22. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way he's opened up for us through the curtain, that curtain that was split, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let's draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water. <laughs> the curtain has been removed. Those who've repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ can boldly come before the presence of the Lord. There's a lot of people trying to boldly come into God's presence who can't. They go through the motions, religious motions of it, but they don't have any right to come into God's presence because they're sinners. They haven't solved the sin issue. The only solution to sin is the one that we read about, dying on the cross on our behalf. So there, proof number one. The temple veil was torn at God's initiative from the top to the bottom. We now have a new and living way to enter into the very presence of God sprinkled clean from our sin. Oh, what riches there are in that. The second proof, and we're going to pick up on this proof over the next two days, the second proof that it is finished is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ on Easter morning. It was the powerful visual aid that the cross paid for sin. We now have a risen Savior, not just a dying Savior. You and I serve a risen Savior. Have you received that Savior personally? Have you accepted your own sin and accountability before God, confessed that sin to God, and turned in soul dependence upon Jesus to be the one who died for you, the only reason that you could boldly enter into the presence of God. I pray that that's the case. I pray that that's the case. Don't put it off if that's not the case. Join me tomorrow as we spend two final days in these preparation times, and we will be looking at the wonder of the resurrection. God bless.